go. Welcome to another edition of our top tens. This week, we're going to be talking about our favorite movie soundtracks of all time. This is Joe Spiegel. Mike Sutherland. All right. This was a tough one for me because I know that, like, for you, it's like a simple thing. No, it wasn't. But all these variables keep coming into my head. Like, I'm thinking of original musical scores and then also, you know, songs that were written for the movie and then also songs that were picked just to be in the movie that were already previously released before. You know, so it's... It's like, and then also the variables are what, um, like, is it something that I would, you know, do I listen to on a regular basis? Why do you put too much effort into? I, I know it, it's because I'm a, I, I think it's because I'm a movie guy. So there's always so many particulars. So, um, that, yeah, it's a tough one. Like, I could say Grease is one of the greatest of all time, right? And it is. It's a great fucking thing, but I never listened to it. You know what I mean? So. I'm trying to, you know, so when I made my list, it was, it's a tough one. And I know that there's, there's going to be some omissions, but you know what? You do yours first. All right. And we'll see where we go from there. All right. Uh, my top 10 soundtracks are, uh, number 10 is Greece. You can't go wrong with it. Uh, Frankie Valley doing the very first, you know, Greece, uh, the very first track, which is, uh, Greece. It's the word. And then, um, you know, Olivia Newton-John and, you know, whether you like him or not, John Travolta. Everything about this soundtrack. Now, it was one of the first movies that I saw on VCR, videotape. And this was back, fuck, um, this movie came out 1978. Yeah. yeah, 78. And uh, I saw this movie in like 1980 on videotape. So, I mean, the videotape had to be fucking expensive. Oh, yeah, I bet. That and Jaws. Um, Barry Gibb produces it. Uh, let's see. Um, there's on the, on the, album in and of itself there's four sides to it so you have Greece and summer nights uh, hopelessly devoted to you you're the one that I want and Sandy 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 uh, side two at beauty school dropout which they use in some of the uh, they were using uh, just recently in T-Mobile stuff uh, the song look at me I'm Sandra D with stalker Channing and Didi Khan um, uh, Greece lightning it's raining on prom night alone at a drive-in movie which is an instrumental blue moon um, Hand Jive, which is <laughs> it's such a fucking cool song. Um, that's on side three. Uh, obviously, Love is a Many Splendored Thing, We Go Together, and then finally Grease, uh, which is written by Barry Gibb and vocals by Frankie Valli. Now, um, the CD has 12, which is the, del- they had the deluxe bonus edition bonus disc, which had 12 tracks on it. Which I don't understand because if you go and buy the album, the the vinyl, it has twenty four. Yeah, which is pretty amazing. Anyways, <laughs> number nine, I have to go find it now. Hold on a second. It's been a while since I've seen this movie, Judgment Night, uh, nineteen ninety three. It was released uh, through Immortal um, Immortal Records and Epic Soundtracks. Let's see here, uh, Booyah Tribe. Um, Chai Skill, Cypress Hill, De La Soul, Faith No More, Fatal Helmet, House of Pain, Living Color, Annie McPherson, Jay Mascus, Mud Honey, DJ Muggs, Pearl Jam, Rick Rubin, Run DMC, Sir Mix-a-Lot, Sonic Youth, Teenage Fan Club, and Therapy. Don't you mean therapy? So Helmet and House of Pain. Now, I've never been a big fan of House of Pain. I've never been a big fan of Helmet, but they did you know, the song Just Another Victim. Uh, Living Color and Run DMC, Me, Myself, and My Microphone, Judgment Night by Biohazard and Onyx, Slayer and Ice-T did Disorder. They also did a couple of others. 
uh, together. Slayer and Ice T did. They did. Um, um, oh my God! Like, like Ice T redid "Rain and Blood" and a couple of other songs. But Slayer and Ice T did another song together, other than "Disorder." Um, Faith No More did another body murder with Booyah Tribe. Sonic Youth and Cypress Hill did I Love You, Mary Jane. Of course, Dinosaur Jr. and Dell the Funky Homo Sapien did Missing Link. Pearl Jam and Cypress Hill did Real Thing. And uh, This one's a left field for me. I, I did not think that you would be picking this at all. Yeah, it's not a bad soundtrack. The movie's just as good as the soundtrack. Um What's amazing about the soundtrack is not just the fact that the artists Living Color and Biohazard Slayer and Fake No More. It's they mixed all these groups together and they made music for the for the album. So you have Slayer with Ice T, you have Helmet with House of Pain, you have Living Color with Run DMC, you have Sonic Youth with Cypress Hill, and Mud Honey with Sir Mix a lot. I mean it's it's almost unheard of this day and age where you have two different, completely different genres uh, mixed together to do these these songs. That kind of fits with the premise of the movie in a way, where you have these suburbanites, you know, that, that end up getting stuck in, in, in the wrong part of town, you know, and have to deal with uh, the dredge, the dregs of society kind of thing. You know, it's like a contrast in a way. Yeah, in, in a way. Um, give me a second here. I got to open up another thing. You have Green Lantern, but you don't have fucking Guardians of the Galaxy. Good job, Wikipedia. Number eight, actually, since I'm waiting. Number eight is Back to the Future. Um, hmm. I forgot one, and I've got to add that into my list. Back to the... F- I mean, it's it's iconic. Yeah. Everything about the movie, everything about the soundtrack, everything about the the way that the soundtrack is done, it's part of pop culture. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. From Chuck Berry's Johnny Be Good to even the Huey Lewis song that they did. What's amazing is nobody remembers the fact that uh, Marty McFly's band did The Power of Love. I always remember that. Nobody else does. Yeah. And then that's the movie, I mean, that's the song that got him kicked out of the, yeah. <laughs> the I'm, I'm afraid show. you're just too darn loud. Yeah. Huey. Yeah. Um, Come on. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Yeah, that song sucks. <laughs> what was a goddamn soundtrack? There we go. Power of Love, Back in Time, Heaven is One Step Away, The Bomb Town, Mr. Sandman, The Ballad of Davy Crockett, uh, The Wallflower, Dance with Me, Henry, Night Train, of course, you know, the title the title track of Back to the Future. Uh, you have Huey Lewis in the News, you have Eric Clapton, you have Lindsey Buckingham. You have uh, Pat Ballard, who did Mr. Sandman. You have George Bruns, who did The Ballad of Davy Crockett. You have Johnny Otis, Hank Ballard, and Etta James, who did The Wallflower. You have Night Train, done by Oscar Washington, uh, performed by Harry Waters. Uh, Marvin Berry, as Marvin Berry. Uh, Pledging My Love, uh, performed by Johnny Ace. Earth Angel, performed by Harry Waters, as Marvin Berry. And Johnny Be Good, uh, performed by Mark Campbell as Marty McFly with Tommy Thomas and and the rest of them. So you have you have the, ju- not just those. You have an entire orchestra done by let's see, um, the Out of Time Orchestra is named after the license plate of the DeLorean. You have the Out of Time Orchestra. There you go. Huh. Um, the music 
score was composed and conducted by Alan Silvestri, who also did Roger Rabbit, Forrest Gump, and many other films. And it always hits at the right moments. Robert Zemeckis has done. Um, if you don't like this movie, if you don't like this soundtrack, well then, you know, I got no time for you. <laughs> uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is the next one. I mean, again, another iconic fucking movie, or soundtrack at least, Hooked on a Feeling, Go All the Way by the Raspberries, Spirit in the Sky, Moon Age Daydream, which was a remastered version of it, Fooled Around and Fell in Love, I'm Not in Love, I Want You Back. All of these on the soundtrack are just amazing pieces of music in and of themselves. Now, <laughs> the problem is, is that with the exception of the David Bowie song, Moon Age Daydream, I don't care about any of these songs. I've heard them so many times yeah. <laughs> that I don't want to hear any, I don't want to hear Hooked on a Feeling. I don't want to hear Spirit in the Sky. Unless you're watching this movie. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's, that's what it is about all of these. Like, uh, I'll get in, there's another one that's coming up. Um, I don't have, in fact, I don't have it on my list, so I'll, I'll just mention it now, which is Pulp Fiction. I don't give a shit to hear any of those songs from Pulp Fiction again unless I'm watching the movie because they need to be with the movie oh, when yeah. you're watching it. Absolutely. <coughs> Excuse me. And then you have the original score, uh, which was done by uh, Tyler Bates. Now, Tyler Bates, my problem with Tyler Bates is that he's either really good or he's mostly average. He's done some really, really good things, and then he's done things like... Um, uh, like he's done 300 he's done doomsday the day the earth stood still sucker punch and conan the barbarian um he did uh the way to killer joe which i that, that was a movie that i love uh sacrament and flight 7500 um but a lot of the stuff that he does i don't really care for like atomic blonde i don't even remember the soundtrack to atomic blonde he did god of war ascension <coughs> excuse me and then he, um, most recently, he did John Wick Chapter Three, and he's doing Hobbs and Shaw. Now, I, you know, I've, I've listened. He's done. He he did Deadpool too as well. Hmm. Um, I've listened to John Wick Chapter Three, and like I said, Tyler Bates. When 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 I um, I was originally talking about this this line. If you draw a line and you put Hans Zimmer in the right in the middle, because Hans Zimmer uses more modern day techniques when it comes to. Music's and you know, music's music and music scoring, whereas John Williams is completely traditional for the most part. I mean, he'll use electronics and this and that, but it's primarily traditional strings and the entire orchestra. And then you have Tyler Bates completely on the left hand side, where I equate him with he's trying to write an album as a rock star. Well, not a rock star, but as a rock musician or or whatever type of musician you know, um, he prefers to be. I'm just using rock as, because that's, that's my, that's my uh, wheelhouse. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that you, that's, that's the spectrum. And he doesn't make bad music. He just, in my opinion, John Wick, chapter one, two, and three, those, those, those albums aren't what I would expect from someone that's composing music for a movie. I want to hear more of an orchestral thing. If you want to add in a soundtrack, you know, for, you know, other artists and stuff like that, like we're talking about here, like for Guardians of the Galaxy Vol Volume 2, 
I'm totally cool with that. But if you want to do an original composition type of thing, I'm not really big into hearing uh, EDM or rave. If that's what I'm just calling it, that that doesn't mean that it is what it is. But rave type music where it's just like it 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 yeah. becomes repetitive, and frankly, it you, you the music needs to emotionally affect you. Because you're going along on a ride, a two-hour ride, and if the music doesn't affect you emotionally, then, in my opinion, it fails. And that's why Guardians of the Galaxy works, because when you watch the movie and you hear Hooked on a Feeling or you hear the original soundtrack, which Tyler Bates did, everything works. When you watch Judgment Day, when you watch Back to the Future, when you watch Grease, the, the original soundtrack pulls you in to the movie in and of itself. Dukes of Hazard does the same thing. Now, if you watch Dukes of Hazard film, that that movie in an, it, I mean, if you watch the 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 TV show, uh, it was just there. Just take your time. I just watched an Adam's uh, Adam ruins everything about about how America's uh, internet is uh, intentionally bogged slowed down so that cable companies can charge us more. Yeah. And when there's a bunch of other companies that don't, and their their broadband is way faster and cheaper, way cheaper as well. Problem with this is that I can never find. There we go. So the Deuce of Hazard soundtrack. You have the good old boys. Obviously, you have to have that with by Waylon Jennings. Yeah. You have One Way Out, which is done by the Allman Brothers. You have Mississippi Queen done by Mountain. You have Shoot to Thrill done by ACDC. Better Watch Yourself by Bo Diddley. Uh, Roosevelt and Ira Lee, Night of the um, Mossican, t- by Tony Joe White, Flirting with Disaster, done by Molly Hatchett, which is really, really, I mean, the way that they have it all set up. Um, they also have another ACDC song in there, which is uh, uh, If You Want Blood. Um, every, every, they have LaGrange, they have Hillbilly Shoes, they have Funk Number no. 49 by James Gang, Soul City, Good Old Boys Again, um, the South's gonna do it. As much as the the movie is not great, the car chases are wonderful. They're awesome. Yeah. The movie in and of itself, eh, whatever. It doesn't it it doesn't hold up. Um, it's just it's fun to watch, but it just doesn't hold up. Yeah. Uh, the soundtrack does hold up. That's why we're doing this. Number five. Now my my list is tends to be little John Williams heavy. Jaws. I don't even need to go into Jaws. When you hear, I mean, the 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 music is so iconic and simple. It's also simple. That, yeah, I agree. That makes it more genius, right? Yeah. Um, when you hear it, I mean, there's God. I was just watching a movie. I, I can't remember what it was. I was watching something, and it had the Jaws theme to it. You know, as as and, and everybody does it when you're sneaking up behind somebody. You know, dun dun dun. Mm-hmm. Number four, Superman. Fuck, dude. We're going to have... Half of our lists are going to be the same. Superman is, <laughs> again, another iconic John Williams thing. And I was thinking about this. Now, um, uh, Richard Donner, who who directed Superman, he was he was watching John Williams do the score yeah. and he was, as he was conducting it. And as John Williams is conducting it, Donner stands up and yells, that's it. That's awesome. You know, that's great. I love it. And completely wrecked the... The, the recording at that point in time, I mean, they had to, they had to restart the whole process over again. <laughs> and and he's like, when I when I went in there and John Williams is playing it, you can hear it when 
when on the theme song, he's actually saying Superman. So I started thinking about this, and I'm like, if you listen to all of John Williams' scores and then put in the, the title of, like, Star Wars, yeah. like, it's seriously, that is how he scores his stuff. If it, Whatever the name of the movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark, like Indiana Jones or whatever, if you just sub in anytime you, you hear the Raiders march, Indiana Jones, every time he does that, um, it it fucking works. It it apps I can't play it because, but or 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 uh, Superman or fucking Jaws or or yeah. whatever else. Any time that you see a John, Harry Potter <laughs> or you know anything else, because he does this, that thing called uh, light motif, yeah, where it's just individual themes. So if like I'll get into. Uh, I'll get into my other uh, three here in just a second. But you hear Lois Lane's um, theme. You hear Lex Luthor's theme. When you hear those themes, just substitute. Anytime you hear the theme start off, just substitute their name and sing along with it, just the name. And you're like, holy shit, fucking, that's absolutely what he's doing. Uh, Number three is The Last Action Hero. The Last Action Hero soundtrack is fucking amazing. Big gun. From ACDC to Alice in Chains, Anthrax, Tesla. <coughs> I actually have this entire soundtrack on my phone because I listen to it. You have ACDC with Big Gun. You have Alice in Chains and What the Hell Have I, Megadeth, Angry Again. You have The Real World by Michael Kamen and, or Michael Kamen in Queensryche. You have Def Leppard, Two Steps Behind. Poison My Eyes, which is done by Anthrax. Dream On by Aerosmith, A Little Bitter. Hold on a second. By Alice in Chains again. You have Cypress Hill doing Cock the Hammer. You have Fishbone doing Swim. You have Tesla doing Last Action Hero. You have Michael Kamen in the Los Angeles Rock and Roll Ensemble featuring Buckethead doing Jack and the Ripper. Now, I don't know about you, but having a soundtrack that's bigger than the movie itself is major. This is, I think, this is one of the few uh, soundtracks that actually hit the Billboard Top 100. I think it is. Uh, I know the ACDC song uh, was the number one hit, but and, and the Anthrax song was was nothing. But it's I mean, if you listen to the Anthrax song, it's fucking great. Um, yeah, it peaked at number seven on the Billboard 200. Uh, the album, which was positively received by Active Rock radio outlets, was certified platinum in August on August 24th 1993 which i mean is pretty amazing considering it's just, it's not uh, it's not what you would call an original film score it's but it is an original film score with the exception of the Aerosmith Dream On Live mm-hmm. and a couple of others but i mean Angry Again was done by Megadeth as written for this album ACDC's Big Gun uh Two Steps Behind by Def Leppard Poison My Eyes uh most of these songs you haven't never heard of and then, but if you listen to him, like "Poison My Eyes" is just an amazing song. Um, this the movie just tanked though; it <laughs> it, it tanked real bad. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh yeah, especially when it came out what a week before Jurassic Park. Yeah, well, they moved Jurassic Park because of this movie. Um, Universal moved <laughs> Jurassic Park well after Sony had decided on a June eighteenth release for Last Action Hero. When they should have moved this movie instead. <laughs> yeah, the movie was rumored. Well, I mean, once you have it locked in, you can't move it. So if you have a if you have a, a release date, 
of this and this. It's just a tentative release date. It's kind of be to be determined. We want to have it. We're going to release it on July 18th, right? And then really, it, they can move it like once or twice, but once it's locked in, they can't move it anymore, um, or they have to remove it from the list. So Universal had had moved Jurassic Park to a week before and completely tanked this fucking film. <laughs> uh, the film was capsized by way of negative publicity after a rough cut was shown. Sony then destroyed the test cards, and the word of mouth proved to be too catastrophic for the film. Shooting and editing were so demanding and close to the June 18th release date that the movie's that after the movie's disaster, a source close to the film said they shouldn't have had Siskel and Ebert telling us the movie is 10 minutes too long. Sony was even more humiliated the weekend after the film opened, um, lost 47% of its opening weekend audience, and had TriStar's Sleepless in Seattle open as the number two movie at the box office. The final declared financial loss for the film was $26 million, which I don't buy. I don't buy into financial losses. That's all bullshit and fucking fluff. It's a tax write-off. It's not a tax write-off. It's a fucking complete lie. Yeah, so they can use it as a tax write-off. Because <laughs> this movie made fucking money just based off of the album being, you know, number seven on and going platinum. On top of that, uh, uh, um, this movie is a fucking, it's a cult film. Um, anyways, it was, but it was a disaster when on the release. It was supposed to use the Sony Dynamic Digital Sound. Only a few theaters were set up for the new format, and many of those experienced technical problems, which I remember. Uh, re- Paramount reportedly referred to it as still doesn't do shit. <laughs> SDDS. So um, this whole... The, but but like I said, the album makes up for the lack of fun or the lack of movie excitement, if that's what you want to call it, Yeah. Uh, for Last Action Hero. And Last Action Hero is kind of a fun movie to watch if you get the time to do it. But, um, but it goes about 10 minutes too long. It goes about 10 minutes too long. Raiders of the Lost Ark, my mm-hmm. number two. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, I, I, I you could switch this between my, my second and my first one, which is Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge John Williams fan. That's why it's John Williams heavy. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, I can listen to endlessly just because that's where I'm at right now with music. I mean, I love music. It doesn't matter what it is. Even Lady Gaga, I mean, they, there are some songs that I really enjoy. Fucking, I mean, <laughs> there are some Mariah Carey songs that I like. Uh, others I could care less. Like, if I ever listen to Mariah Carey's... Uh, Always Be My Baby? Christmas song, whatever oh, the hell that is. yeah, yeah. If I ever hear that again, just, you know. All I want for Christmas is you. Yeah, God, that's just... It's an awful song. It's horrible. It, yeah. But I, I like I like music across all genres. My preferred genre is obviously metal. And hard rock, you know, Van Halen, ACDC. I like, I love Cypress Hill. I love Fishbone. They're such a great band. In fact, I watched a documentary. I love Fishbone so much. I had to watch a documentary on them like three times. <laughs> um, it's it's just great. Tesla, which is a local band, such a wonderful, just a great bunch of guys on top of being just an awesome, awesomely talented band. But <laughs> um, anyways. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I, I've really gotten back into classical music, um, and I'm I'm getting back into relearning music. You know how it's con- composed and constructed, things like that. And there's this guy. His name is Rick Beato or Beato, and um, he has a great YouTube channel on how music is constructed, um, how to do arpeggios, and 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 you know what makes the song great and things like that. He's it, he's a wonderful, wonderful host on his YouTube channel and uh, he kind of looks like um, 
uh, Anthony Bourdain kind of looks like him. Yeah. And he's he's got almost that same temperament, which is he he wants to have his his uh he, he wants to do his show, he wants to do his <coughs> YouTube channel, but he doesn't want to deal with assholes and stuff like that. He doesn't want, you know, negative comments and whatever else. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get them anyways, it doesn't really matter. You just kind of ignore them and and then if you have to ban people, then you ban people. And uh but I watch his channel to learn about this stuff, and I, I, he's the reason why I got back into listening to the music done by Zimmer or John Williams or Howard Shore or anything else like that, and uh, to even Tyler Bates. I, but it's also part of the movie review now, which is where I'll listen to the music uh, just to get into it, and if the music doesn't hit me, then I know that the movie is my feelings for the movie are absolutely correct with the exception of John Wick. I love the movie, but the music just didn't grab me. What'd you think of speaking of uh, when we just, you did a Schwarzenegger film. Did, what'd you think of the uh, end of days soundtrack? It, it didn't grab me. I didn't nah. care for the movie. Yeah. It, it, you know what I noticed was it was very trendy for the time. Like I was into corn and Limp Bizkit and Eminem at right. that time. And so I loved the songs that they did. Well, uh, and that makes sense. I mean, at the time you yeah. say, you know, I'm into this. Like I don't ever want to hear Limp Bizkit again. They are not a good band. For the West yeah. Borland, fine. I can deal with him. Fred Durst, get out of my fucking skull. Fred douche. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't care for him. I think yeah. he, he's a talentless, in my opinion, he's just a, ta- he's not a talentless hack. He's just a hack. Yeah. You know, and uh, there's a reason why uh, Wes Borland left a band. There's a reason why and he's he's a butt of a lot of jokes. There's a reason why people don't give a shit about. They were they were fun for about three years. They, they were, were not for, uh, for me. In my age, I was I was a late teen, early. You know, but you were influenced by yeah. that garbage. You were influenced yeah. by the the MTV style yeah. bullshit. I, I jumped on the corn. I, I jumped on the Limp Bizkit because of corn. Right and. And I'm not a fan of corn, yeah. but like I can I can appreciate their shit. I know the drummer. Corn Ray. is yeah, corn is what got me back sort of. into listening to rock music. Yeah. So that that's you know I, I, that's why I appreciate what they did. You know, but I'm not a I'm not a, like I said I, I don't care about corn. Mm. Um, I just uh, the food either. But <laughs> really, I mean the band. I just it, it's not it's not my music. Yeah. It's not the music that I care for. I, I like I said I appreciate it. Mm. Um, I just, uh, there's something about it that is just, I don't know. I, I think part of it has to do with the sound of the bass. Yeah, uh, I, yeah they like use that. a very familiar bass a lot. And then also you can only hear. No, 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 no. They, the, the, the bass is, the bass is sounds, the, the bass sounds awful. You can also, you, can only, you can only hear Jonathan Davis whine about something for so long. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, and and I think they're mostly like their newer stuff is much better than their older stuff. But again, I mean, it it's just not my taste. Yeah. Like I said, I appreciate it, but it's just not my taste. And there's a lot of bands out there. I, I could care less like fucking screamo death metal. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not talking about death metal like, you know, fucking you know, Death Angel or anything else like that. I'm talking mm-hmm. about like like death metal fucking guttural Cannibal Corpse style, and I like Cannibal Corpse. I like like if you take them the 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 uh, the singer out of it, yeah. and listen to the music, it's fucking massively difficult to play. Um, it's incredible stuff. <coughs> but then you know I'm not into that. I I like bands like Overkill and and uh, and, and 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 I've already said it. it doesn't matter. 
Um, so anyways, getting back into whatever. So Rick Beato, he's the guy that, that got me back into listening to listening, not just hearing, listening to how the music is constructed and listening to the orchestral movements and stuff like that. So much so that I actually started grabbing stuff like, um, oh, hold on a second. Time out. Do, 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 do. That's not what I want. Over here. <coughs> uh, there we go. I backed up all my stuff, so I have to open it up again. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it's farting on my desk. That was something weird. So <coughs> now I go out going through this, like I have Gremlins, uh, Gremlins Two. Let's see, Gustav Holtz. Like Gustav Holtz is the guy that's primarily responsible for John Williams' sound for uh, Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Um, it's called uh, the planets. Is what it's called: Mars, Venus, Mercury, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, um, Dance of the Spirits, stuff like that. If you listen to the planets, um, you get a good idea of where he was going, or where John Williams was going to go with that. And he's not the only one. Like I have Alan Silvestri. Uh, let's see, uh, John Powell, um, Michael Giacchino. Where is the rest of them? You you recall his score from um, Up? Who's Giacchino's? No, it's very good. It's very fucking playful. It when you hear his score from Up, it, it like overshadows a lot of his TV stuff. Ah, Richard Wagner. So if you if you listen to Richard Wagner, the complete operas, which is forty three CDs. Is that all? That's it. <laughs> um, Goddard Damerong, which is very very. It's it's one of his most popular ones. You have Siegfried, Die Valkyrie. Um, these are the ones that are popular. That's the one that you hear, like, um, when the helicopters are coming over in Apocalypse Now. Yep. Dun, 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 dun. Die Valkyrie, that's what that yeah. is. I like In the Hall of the Mountain King. Okay. Um, that fits into one of my picks, by the way. Okay. Hold on to that. <laughs> and, of course, my number one, which is Empire Strikes Back, um, which, again, I don't need to go into a lot. It's... It's it's a John Williams song or it's a John Williams album. I love all of John Williams stuff, but I think that for the most part, what he's done cinematically, what he's done for orchestra, is what Lucas and what Spielberg and uh, Scorsese have done cinematically for movies. Um, you if if you if you watch if you watch movies in the last hundred if you watch the last hundred years of movies, yeah. Ninety percent of them are going to have some sort of relation to John Williams, you know, whether they're whether the people are influenced by him or use some of his stuff. But, you know, like Howard Shore, uh, like, you know, Alan Silvestri, things like that. Yeah. In the last hundred years, it's very he's he's become so important. I mean, he I mean, literally, he writes like three to four fucking full length albums every year. No other person has done these like seventy six albums out under his name, and that's not include. That's just composition stuff. That's not including his guitar work and everything else. Yeah. I mean, he, he's he's a successful musician. <coughs> Honorable mentions: Pink Panther, Henry Mancini. Come on, man. 
Batman, Danny Elfman, uh, Lord of the Rings. I did put that on there. I just didn't have room in my top ten list for that Lord of the Batman Rings. Batman score is still to this day fucking amazing. Like they could still uses it. Like if that had never been made before and then <coughs> put onto a film, it would fucking fit so well. Alien, uh, the Alien and Aliens, uh, just Those are strong. So dark. Yeah. Um, you can even throw in uh, 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 um, Blade Runner. Yeah. Uh, anything from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially uh, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Absolutely. I mean, fucking Axel Foley. Axel yep. F. Uh, Adventures of Ford Fairlane, because it has Motley Crue on it. Zuzu or actually, fucking pedals. It has uh, uh, Vince Neil on it. Uh, and then you have Big Trouble in Little China. Except for the theme song. Uh, Halloween. <laughs> and then you have uh, Ghostbusters. No, the, the, the theme song is fine. It's the end song that isn't fine. And then Ghostbusters. Mm. Um the, I, those I didn't really have room in. If I could switch out anything, I would switch out Dukes of Hazard for Ghostbusters or Beverly Hills Cop for uh, yeah. Dukes of Hazard, one or the other, um, or Judgment Night or something like that. All but right. those are my honorable mentions. All right. Um, my number 10, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, John Williams. It is so intimate. It, it, it makes you feel what E.T. is feeling when it needs you to it makes you feel what Elliot is feeling um, it, it, it takes you up to highs it takes you down to lows and that's what a good soundtrack will do it's yeah. supposed to pull you in emotionally to the story yes and it every single time you know um, and, and even when it ends when you have that big part you know and when E.T. says goodbye and it ends um, on Elliot's face and then it and then it cuts to black right and it says directed by steven spielberg right. and then it starts playing the piano version you know it's fucking beautiful it's yeah. absolutely beautiful and you just and that's how he composes too yeah. by the way he, he uses pianos to compose all of his music yeah i mean there's there's stories i'll tell you the story after. yeah i mean it's just so goddamn beautiful man i so yeah had to put that one in there uh number nine uh raiders of the lost ark <laughs> i mean it just it, the whole time you're listening to it, it just every it, it just every action scene hits you. Even when you watch Last Crusade, you know, or you know, even mo- most even of, Temple of Doom, even most of Temple of Doom, you know, even even Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, you know, I can't recall any of the score from it that is an original Raiders of Last Ark Lost Ark score that's in there, but or you know, Indiana Jones theme, right? But um, it's called the Raiders March. Yeah, um, but, but it, still, yeah. yeah. Pretty sure it's still probably, you know, I just haven't watched that movie in like fucking 10 years. I literally just watched it. Yeah. Like, I was just kind of kicking out on the, on the couch. I'd gotten everything done. Yeah. And and um, I watched Kubo. Oh, you finally watched it? What'd and, you think? Yes. And mm. then uh, I'll get into that okay. later. Um, but after that, I was just like, man, maybe there's something else on. So I was kind of flipping through Netflix and I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to watch it. I'll watch it again. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Because it's one of my favorite movies. But. I, I literally, I mean, I can lie on the couch and just have, like, I can have it down to where all I do is hear the soundtrack, and I know exactly where they are in the movie. Yeah. You know, and it's, it and, and of course, you know, your mouth and all the fucking words to the script and whatever else. Oh, of course. You know, I don't know. I'm just making this up as I go. <laughs> all right. Number uh, eight is uh, Back to the Future. <laughs> fucking, I mean. Robert Zemeckis. Yeah, you know, we and like, Alan Silvestri. Everything you already said about it, pretty much the same thing, dude. So you don't even need to go more into it. Alan Silvestri is is amazing. Again, yeah. like I take that line. Yeah, he's on the right of Hans Zimmer, 
but he knows how to incorporate, you know, not just modern, but let's call it modern music, you yeah. know. When he did that with Back to the Future with, you know, Huey Lewis and the News or, you know, uh, the you know Marvin Berry, Chuck Berry stuff, you know. The, the classic, the yeah. 1950s music, the 1980s music. It's 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 a real good mixture. All right. <laughs> Number seven, Blues Brothers. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Fucking, I mean, there's no original songs for that movie, but it doesn't matter because every song that, that's done by any, either by Jake and Elwood yeah. or by Ray Charles or Aretha Franklin. Yeah, the Ray Charles song is, both of them, Ray Charles and Aretha, yeah. it's just fucking amazing. Yeah, and Cap Calloway. I mean, yeah. fucking just all of it, Minnie the Moocha. Yeah. I mean, God damn, dude. They play that a lot on Cinemagic. Yeah, I, I could, I, I sing along with every song in that movie, you know. She, uh, you know, the, she, what was it, the, uh, the Katie. Um, she, uh, she, she called, fuck, I can't. I can't remember the name of the song, but anyway, um, just everything about that movie—you know, the action, the humor, the the soundtrack—you you have to sing along with it. Absolutely, you, you have to. Just like with you know, Grease or whatever, right? All right, uh, number six, Superman. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, goddamn, dude. I mean, it energizes you. I mean, it's like the first. She caught Katie, is what you're talking. She about. caught the Katie, yeah. <coughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, everything about the Superman soundtrack is just, I mean, mm. how do you take a guy in, in a fucking suit like that seriously in any way whatsoever, and yet it didn't matter. It just, the, the music is the first thing that that grabs you from the start of that movie to the end of it. Here's here's how important that music is when you're listening to music. Yeah. When you're watching um, The Man of Steel or Superman Returns yeah. and they play that iconic Williams soundtrack, yeah. the first thing you do is get emotional. Yeah. All the time. Absolutely. You're just like, holy shit, you know. That's the impact of that song. Yeah. That's, that's the impact of, of writing something so iconic. Yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing. Absolutely. Um, number five. This one was a little bit tough, but... I, I thought it was really important. It's uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Okay. Done by Ennio Morricone. Um, but He's I, another one I forgot about. Yeah. I, and, you know, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, yeah. Once Upon a Time in the West. Django. Um, so, I, um, you know, I, th- I heard that, you know, there's an uncredited amount of um, composer work that was also done by Carpenter on The Thing. Right. So... Um, it's well, a, he, he does music for his own movies, so it's not surprising. Yeah. It's a great collaboration. I mean, you know, remember when we were watching Hateful Eight, and I go, dude, there's music from the thing, like deleted music from the thing that's in this fucking movie. Yeah. And and then found out that Morricone did the fucking score for Hateful Eight, which he won an Oscar for. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm yeah. like, no way. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, totally. This is this is from the thing. It's from this scene in there. And then and then we looked it up, and you know, I'm like, holy shit, you're right. Yeah, I was like, you got fucking, good fucking ears. I, I, yeah, I just there's certain things that'll stand out to me, and uh, so the thing is. Imagine if there was a shitty score done for the thing, right? Now watch the movie again. Yeah, it, take something like um, Pet Cemetery, yeah. the score for Pet Cemetery, mm-hmm. or any of these awful scores that come out with movies that they're just throwing out there. Yeah, and put that in. And I say Pet Cemetery because it's actually relatable. It's a horror movie, right? Yeah. And put that in with the thing, and what do you got? You got nothing. It, the, no pun intended. I, I'd say at least half the tension is gone from that movie, if not yeah. more. I mean, know? how different would it be when you're having when when you're in that scene with the petri dishes, yeah. you know, and he's got the he's he's got the little he's whatever he's using the the hot poker thing, right? Yeah. 
and he's about to stab the copper wire that he, yeah yeah exactly and he's about to stab into the petri dish and whatever yeah you know and and i mean that whole scene is the the way that they build tension with the music and everything yeah. else that whole scene is built around that type yeah. of orchestral composition or like when fuchs is where <laughs> is reading um wilford brimley's notes out loud yeah. to um to mccready and that music is slowly paying, playing in the background, and it just adds to the scary, like the terror yeah. of it all. And it, it's fucking great, man. Even with the Thing remake, well, not really remake, it's kind of a prequel. The, the prequel, yeah. The Thing, the Thing, Thing. Twenty eleven. Thingy Thing. The Thing twenty eleven. The Thing Thingy. <laughs> thing Thing pr- Prison. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Thing twenty eleven. When, if you were even to add that soundtrack onto the original Carpenter's movie, it just doesn't. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't take hold. No. That's why, I mean, a lot of these movies are forgettable be- just because of that. Yeah. All right. Um, number four. Yeah. The Untouchables. Oh, yeah. Ennio Morricone also did the score for that, uh, directed by Brian De Palma in 1987. Yep. yep. That score is also, right when you start it and all the way through the end credits, man, you're just fucking just hyped up by the by the, the old, you know, 30s-style music with the horns and the... You know, just big band. Just, yep. Oh my god! Every scene, especially like the subway train, uh, the, the train station scene. Yeah. Holy shit! It just, yeah, I had to. I had to put that in there. It's an, it's an amazing soundtrack, and it's yeah. one that I wouldn't have never even thought of. Yeah. So, yeah, stood out to me big time. Uh, number three, Kill Bill. Um, I if I had to pick between one and two, I slightly lean to Kill Bill Volume Two. Yeah. See, I if. Not my favorite soundtrack. Uh-huh. I mean, it works because again, Tarantino knows how to pull music. Yeah, and he's these movies are are his his uh, homage to karate yeah. movies, the seventies, oh, yeah. you know, kung fu epics. Oh yeah, and um, I mean, there's just some great songs in there, like the end credits during the where well, there's. I mean, the end credits are like twelve minutes long. Right. You know, it's like Tarantino can't can say goodbye to this movie or something, right? And he has a song, um, you know, where she's driving. It's called "Goodnight Moon" by Shivery. Yeah, fucking perfect. I mean, just an absolute perfect song for that for that moment. Um, he's got um, uh, another song during the end credits where it's um, he had um, Robert Rodriguez and his band get in there and do it. Right. Um, and um, and the song is called um, "Malaguena Salarosa" by Chingon. 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 Um, and it's a fucking great song. It just That's got the name of the beer in Desperado. <laughs> that, that makes sense because we piss in it. Yeah, <laughs> and your beer tastes like piss. <laughs> um, yeah, it. It, it just and then also there's um you know there's a song called Black Mamba that plays during the end credits that's done by the RZA, you know. Yeah, and it fucking that hits as well. Uh, it just uh, the whole all the music in that movie, and then you, if you had the first Kill Bill as well, you know, my baby shot me down and. And everything else, it's just God damn. I love Tarantino movies, you know. I, and it was hard to narrow down which Tarantino movie I, I had. I left him completely off my list yeah. because I knew that you were going to do Tarantino at least in some form. Yeah. I wanted to add Pulp Fiction, but I I made a I made a reference to it, which is there are songs I don't want to hear in my life anymore. Yeah, and Pulp Fiction's entire soundtrack yeah. is one of those. That I don't want to hear anymore, but when you're watching the movie, yeah. you ha- it has to be there. That yeah. If those songs aren't in that movie when Tarantino makes that movie, you, Th- that no movie en- the energy's gone. Yeah, that movie ultimately fails because it just won't hold up. 
So yeah. that's how important music is to. Yeah, I was staying the night at someone's house one time um, back in the you know mid to late '90s, and they had the uh, Pulp Fiction soundtrack on CD, and I listened to it like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, right, and. It just isn't the same as when you're watching it. It just isn't. No, it's not. Uh, although the Stephen Wright stuff works. Yeah, like I don't care for Son of a Preacher Man at all. I fucking hate that I'm song. I'm so sick of that song. But yet it fits in the movie. I'm, I'm so sick of it, and they use it for goddamn Swiffer, <laughs> you know. What's the son of a Swiffer, man? Yeah, it's. I mean, <laughs> fuck off with your bullshit. <laughs> goddamn corporate, non-creative corporate cunts. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, number two. Number two is uh, The Lord of the Rings. Uh, I knew you were going to do that. I know, by Howard Shore. He pretty much composed all of them real close to each other, and this is a tough one because each fucking movie has moments of genius with the score. You know, if you have the, you know, the two towers, you've got like Gollum's song that's at, during the end credits, yeah. um, you know, and, and, um, or if you have Return of the King, you've got the Into the West by Annie <laughs> Lennox that plays perfectly during the end credits. Mm-hmm. Um and then you've got just, I mean, completely different sounds for specific things. And But if I had to choose which of the three has the best score, it has to be The Fellowship. Because the way the music is when they're in the Shire, how peaceful and pleasant and fluty it is and everything. And then how it just starts getting darker and darker throughout the film. And, yep. you know, and then you're in the, the minds of Moria and just, I mean, fucking brilliant. Well, uh, if, you, if you even think about yeah. it this way, the music isn't... A, the music isn't set to the scenes. Uh-huh. Again, it's that leitmotif thing. The music is set to Frodo and his devolution, if you want to call it that. Yeah. The way that his mind is being affected throughout all three movies. Yeah, it's fallen to madness. So when yeah, when when you're following along, everything is happy go lucky, and then yeah. then slowly it starts to descend into this into this dark foreboding yeah. cloud over the head. Everything and that's sucks. where the Hobbit failed with Thorn Oakenshield. Yeah, and yeah. exactly, you are absolutely right. And Howard Shore, like I said, I mean, he's he's another one of these amazing composers that really understands the characters. The, and, and look, I mean, when you're composing music, um, and Joe and I have talked about this off mic. When you're composing music, when you when when a guy John Williams or Howard Shore, whoever it is, doesn't matter. It yeah. Is, <laughs> when when they see the music now they they could be involved in the in the entire process you yeah. know from script to whatever cuz they've been contacted hey we want you to do this movie can you do this movie well let me see the script and see what you got type of thing some will do that and they'll be like no i, I don't want to do this but for the most part composers don't see the movie until a rough cut of the film yeah which means 6 to 8 weeks before release which means they have roughly four weeks, a month, to write, compose, and record. Now, I understand it's six to eight weeks to write, compose, and record to get it out to, uh, to the public, you know, and then to, for the movie and whatnot, get it mixed in. So think about that. Think about how, how these movies are made and that the composers need to have, the, the composers need to be ready to go with basically 10 weeks to write and compose and record yeah. the entire thing in a full cut like that day. And yeah, I mean it's it's going to take like a day or two to record it, you know, and get it set up so cuz so like when you're watching there's behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. When you're watching when you're conducting, they have the film up on a big screen. Especially with John Williams, yeah. And they have markers 
where as the film is going, you'll see these red lights and and the red lights indicate how where the tempo is supposed to be and where the music is supposed to ebb and flow. So like like the like um, I'm going to use I'll use Empire when the scene where Han says I love you or once says I know Leia says I love you. Yeah. You know, and and he gets dipped into the fucking carbon freeze and you hear that that tremendous orchestra and then you see the fog you see Vader's face and it goes and it comes up and you hear the dun 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 well that's all that's all done in time like when you're listening to the music they are watching the film and recording it in time to the film yeah so what you hear and what you see and all that one piece is all done on purpose to to for the moment yeah it's done in the moment <laughs> and and Howard Shore works the same way, and and that gets you. Oh yeah, I'm, Fellowship of the Ring. Oh god, I mean, look, look like when when Gandalf, you know, quote sorry, unquote, I go overboard. That's this. right. When when Gandalf quote unquote dies, right, right, and then they they run out of the cave, and that music's playing. It makes you feel what they're feeling when they're 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 mourning the loss of Gandalf. Yeah, fly you fools. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking great. Yeah. I, I just yeah. You know, or you go to Return of the King when when Frodo wins. You know, when when they yell Frodo after the fucking ring, you know, melts. Right. And, you know, it's just I mean, fucking hit you. I love it. Um, all right, number one, Tron Legacy by Daft Punk. Yeah, see, um, I knew. I, I'm yeah, not, I, I'm not there I, with I, you. I understand. But I understand. Um, especially the fact that before um, Daft Punk did their um, Random Access Memories album, which is fucking excellent. Um, they did Tron Legacy, and well, I mean, sorry, I'm, I mean, before Tron Legacy, they they just did some cool, you know, all right, here and there stuff, you know, kind of too repetitive here and there, but okay, nothing, nothing grandiose. And so when they did Tron Legacy, and I went and saw this movie, um, the story for that movie is, you know, it's it's just there's nothing too special about the story, right? Mm-hmm. But because of the visuals, and absolutely because of Daft Punk's score, where they use a lot of orchestral shit with it, and then they use all these cool synthes- um, synthetic uh, sounds. and Synthesizer. And, yeah. I mean, it's just, holy shit. Uh, it, it makes that movie seem way fucking better than it is. I mean, like, leagues better than it is because of how awesome that score is. And every scene pulls you in. Just like uh, the scene... At the beginning of the movie, where there's a, um, a a track called "Son of Flynn," where he's on his motorcycle, his Ducati, and he's racing through and running from a cop, um, it just fucking boom! I, I every, every time, I, and I listen to this soundtrack all the time on Pandora. Um, I have the CD. Okay. I, I even have the the fucking the the remixes done by a bunch of other artists, you know, of these songs like you know Moby and a bunch of other people and shit. And fucking, I just. Absolutely love the soundtrack, and it makes me want to watch this movie every time, and I, I visualize it every time I hear this shit. So that's very why. weird. I mean, I wouldn't have expected you to pick Daft Punk as your number one all time, and that's that's I know, but I, I I mean, it's just so surprising that that Daft Punk was able to do a fucking score this amazing, and see, and, I, and that's that's where you and I differ. Uh-huh. I'm not gonna say I disagree. Yeah. You and I differ. Mm. I I again, there's nothing wrong with Daft Punk. They yeah. make great music, but. Man, I just—they've matured. Then that—that I mean, this 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 movie right here showed the maturity of them as artists. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go to their album that they made a couple of years or a year or so afterwards called "Random Access Memories" that won all the fucking awards. Um, there's so many. Each song it has a, a a different distinctive style that's based off of '70s and '80s and '90s, um, well, mostly '70s '80s style. Um, 
you know, synthesizer type music and, and, and things like that. Um, also uh, Broadway type stuff. And yeah, just you, you can see that they've matured more as a band, as a group. And it's fucking, yeah. Anyway, love Tron Legacy. Right. All right. Uh, my honorable mentions are um, uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross's score for the social network. Um, when you have a movie that's about Facebook, and you're able to make it so goddamn entertaining and interesting, um, especially when you've got the direction of David Fincher and the cinematography of Wally Pfister, and then you throw in the score done by Reznor and Ross, um, which they won an Oscar for. Um, it is, I mean, fucking every scene, just it just this so weird, distinctive sounds that pull you into this movie and get you just into every moment. The the one that stands out, the part that stands out the most to me, is the scene where Army the the Winklevoss twins, played by Army Hammer, um, are um, doing this rowing competition, and they're playing in the Hall of the Mountain King, but it's done in a different way, done by um, Reznor and Ross um, in this cool, um, different version, and it fucking just it it's so just. Amazing. I, I can't even get, do it justice by describing it. You just have to watch the scene. Or if you've ever seen the movie. I know you don't want to watch it because it's about fucking Facebook. But, um, no, that's nothing. I mean, I've yeah. heard the soundtrack. I have to completely disagree with you on that one. But it's your honorable mention. Mm-hmm. So, so um, it is, I mean, just it's a very good collaboration between those two. And I mean, I disagree with that. Like if it were made as a song or whatever else, yeah, you know, Trent. Yeah. I, I was big in the Trent. I wasn't big, but like, yeah. um, he did the soundtrack for Quake with Nine Inch Nails mm-hmm. and whatnot, and it was really good. But uh, it just it fits in the movie. It fits uh, perfectly with that rowing scene, uh, right? So, um, all right. Another honorable mention is um, Braveheart, done by James Horner. Okay. Um, I used to own this soundtrack, this uh, on D- on a DVD, <laughs> CD, and I used to listen to it all the time. I used to listen to it religiously for like a whole fucking year after this movie came out. Um, I love that score. I mean, just the the bagpipes and the flutes and the just, I mean, fucking uh, great score. Yeah, it's very powerful. Um, uh, Beverly Hills Cop, fucking got to have the, the Axel Foley theme, you know, and all the songs in there that I don't ever want to hear on the radio, but uh, or not you most of them. Got to list the fucking Axel F, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got, I mean, yeah. Yeah, please. Yeah. You know what? I, there's a score. There's an there's a Axel's theme that they do in the scene where Axel um, is, um, like, the second time he's in the bondage warehouse, and he's about to get captured, and it's, it's like a slower down version mm-hmm. of the Axel theme. I fucking love it, and it's... They have never released it ever on the, on the disc or that you can. It's really, it's like extremely hard to find because um, I've looked up, I've, you know, searched on a bunch of shit for it. But if they ever have it available for sale, I'm going to buy it so I can listen to it because it just it, it's just this great contrast to how energetic the Axel theme is, and then it cuts down the brown down you know it fucking great. Um, all right, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. Uh, the Dark Knight by Hans Zimmer, um, just an absolutely amazing score. And Grease, there you go. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah. considering that, I mean, we are two very, very different people when it comes to movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you're you're an all around guy, and I'm a very specific guy. Yeah. And how how different our musical taste is uh-huh. when it comes to things. How many did we have that were the same? Well, let's see. I, I mean, E.T. Beverly Hills e- Cop. E.T.'s close. I mean, E.T. John Williams. Well, I, right? I mean, how many John Williams do you have on your list? I have three on my list. I, I have, have, uh, have E.T., Superman, one, two, three, and, um, and I have Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I could have. I mean, Star Wars. We did Back to the Future. Yeah, I, Guardians of the Galaxy. Greece. Yeah. Fuck it. I mean, you had E.T. I had Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> I I really thought you were gonna have Blues Brothers on your list. I I completely fucking forgot about yeah. Blues Brothers, but I wasn't going to let the, the Adventures of Ford Fairlane go because yeah. I missed that on the last uh, on one of the top. We did a top ten. Yeah, we need to come out. I, I, uh, I we need to come out with top ten cheesy movies. Yeah, or and also maybe a top ten uh, worst soundtracks. Yeah, we could do that too. You know, because uh, there's some shitty ones out there too. I can't recall. I know that like like End of Days, Independence the, the, Day, the Guns N' Roses song from End of Days is yeah. fucking horrendous. You can't even understand one word that Axel is saying in that song. I think the only thing I can hear him say is "Oh my God," and that's it. I, the rest of it is just garble. It sounded like they just recorded it in like five minutes. Absolute shit. Uh, There's some other really great fucking scores too, though. Yeah, man. They got I, fucking dead Fred Durst on there. Yeah, I mean there was a couple songs that were cool in the moment, and then they, they but it the it wore out really quickly, dude. I you know, uh, oh my god, perform a Guns N' Roses. Yeah, it is a fucking horrible song. Prodigy. Yeah, the Super Beast uh, remake song version. Um, Eminem. Power Man 5000. Nobody's Real is not a bad song Sonic by Power Man 5000, but it's still... Creed. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I like Mark Tremonte, but no. <laughs> that just says it all right there. So, yeah. Well, uh, and Ever, we'll... Everlast, Limp Biscuit, The Prodigy, and Creed. Yeah, what was the Everlast song that was on there? So Long. So, you know what? That song wasn't bad. No. That wasn't a bad song. No. I I remember that. No, song. that actually. No. <laughs> but it would have been, no. Yeah, I knew it. All right. Anyway, no. All right. Anyways, every once in a while you can find Shut a, a diamond no. inside of a turd. Yeah. Well, that ain't <laughs> one of them. You just don't like Everlast. So. Uh, you don't like Everlast. Don't care. Come on, baby. I never liked that band. It's just, they're <laughs> just a product of corporate bullshit. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, House of Pain definitely. Um. All right, so, yeah, we'll let you know what we got next time, won't we? Yes, we will. All right. Okay. Keep, keep on listening and keep on sharing. Uh, yeah, uh, that's the other thing is uh, thank you for listening. Um, we we do our top ten every Wednesday, and we will be adding more to our Patreon. If you could go, if you like what you hear and you want to help contribute to our Patreon page so that we can upgrade our equipment and get new computers and whatnot, absolutely thank you very much. If not, if you don't have the money, you can't do it. And that's not a problem either. We thank you for listening. Um, we, we're we a two-man group. We'd like to be able to get one more person or so in here to help us, you know, get our uh, YouTube channel running properly and get everything on board. And that's primarily why we're doing Patreon and whatever else. But like I said, if you, if you can, thank you. That's awesome. If you can't, no problem. It, it, at least share and let everybody know. Yeah. We appreciate that. Speak up. So. All right. All right. Peace out. Good night.